0: What's happening everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and welcome to the AFC and NFC Championship Games edition of my weekly NFL pick show for the 2016-2017 NFL season. Holy cow, what a divisional round we had. Arguably the most exciting football of the season. Two really incredible games to cap it off on Sunday. Road team's finally picking up some wins and we had a really successful week with the show too so let's talk about that before we get into our picks for the AFC and NFC conference championship games and were it not for friggin New England it were it not for friggin New England not being able to keep Houston under 10 points we'd have completely swept the weekend we went 4-0 straight up that has me 8-0 and on the playoffs. I'm running hot, eight game win streak, you gotta love it. Against the spread, also went four and oh, just perfect, six and two overall so far on the playoffs, which I'm incredibly happy with, and over under, we just missed the Houston New England game, so three and one over under has me also at six and two over under, so far for the playoffs. You know how I mentioned there were 33 potential bets that we could get right? Well, I'm no math major, but eight plus six plus six, that's 20. So we're 20 out of 33 with the three games left to play on the field and nine picks left. So having 20 of them correct, that is just plain awesome. Let's take a look at the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pools for Season 5 of the show, both straight up and against the spread. Of course, in the straight up pool, we've been watching the top, because that's where I sit. Another perfect week, 40 out of 40 possible confidence points gained this week. I got 100%, that keeps me in first place, and we saw Gilius Thunderhead get one of the games wrong and lose out on another four points. So... Right now, I sit with 1,524 confidence points. That has me in first place, and my lead has now doubled from four points to eight. By no means is this thing over, because your top game of the week is still 16 points. So, I get that wrong, he gets it right, all of a sudden, now I'm trailing him by eight points. So, this is far from over, but it's nice to see that lead extend a little bit. And just like we had last week with the division round, we got a number of people to shout out here. I certainly was not the only one that went 4 and 0 straight up. So shout outs to obviously myself, but also West Coast Martin, ZGP, who got shouted out last week, and Xander was incredibly excited that I shouted him out. Well, there's two weeks in a row for you, bud. Rel Eagles Fly for a second week in a row, and Sports underscore Soldier. All of these people, and actually, I think West Coast Martin, Martin, I think I shouted you out last week too, so that's two weeks in a row, I believe, for you. All of those people went 4-0 this week, 40 out of 40 possible confidence points. Shout out to all of them, and as I mentioned right off the top, I'm still leading the pool. My lead has doubled to eight points over Gillius Thunderhead. It's pretty well a two-horse race at this point, but... It is far from over, so Gilius, thank you for everything that you've done so far these playoffs, and I look forward to the last couple of weeks. Moving now to the against the spread pool, and things have gotten incredibly interesting in the ATS pool. The primary reason for that being Brady's back, Holly Gordon, really stumbled last week, only went 2-0, and while the people behind her went 3-1 and and 4-4. and We have a three-way tie atop the against the spread pool at 138 correct against the spread picks based on Yahoo's lines three people tied for top spot and I'm one of them so obviously, last week I went four for four, got all four of the games right against the spread. I was not the only one to do that. So shout out to the multiple winners of the division round; those being myself, Rel Eagles Fly again, who is eight and zero oh against the spread so far these playoffs. So TJ is doing something really incredible, as well as Bruin Steele, who's been a listener and a friend of mine for for a number of years. We all went four and four. Now at the top is me. TJ Harmon, Rail Eagles Fly, and Brady's back. All three of us, we're at the top, 138 correct against the spread picks based on Yahoo's lines. The three of us lead fourth place, which I believe is Half Moon's picks. We lead them by three, so it is entirely possible there's three games left. They could still catch up to us. If all of us get all of the remaining games wrong and who I believe is Half Moon's picks gets all of them correct... We could have a four-way tie for first place, so it is entirely possible, but it is going to be a dogfight in the Against the Spread pool right down to the wire. I wouldn't be surprised if there were multiple winners in this pool with how close it is right now. So shout out to Rel Eagles Fly, Brady's Back Holly Gordon, and Brew and Steel as well as myself for either winning last week or being the overall leaders. Thank you folks for being in the pool all season long, and I look forward to how this breaks down. And as always, I'll take the opportunity to remind you that if you're watching the video, listening to the episode on YouTube, you can go down to the description of the video. You're going to find all of my results from last week and so far on the playoffs. All of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for the AFC and NFC conference championship games. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool for season five of the show. Only a couple weeks left, but you never know, you could get shouted out on the show. You'll find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, which continues to grow and has only gotten better as the season has gone on. And you're going to find links to other high quality NFL YouTube prognosticators who get out here and do this every single week. If you're listening to the episode on SoundCloud, search NFL YouTube prognosticators on Facebook. We talk football all damn week. Get in there and get in on the fun. It's the two most important games of the NFL season. I feel like I said this last week and I'll be saying it again in two weeks time for the Super Bowl video, but it's the two most important games of the week two most important games of the season, and let's get to them. The one thing that I want to say about both of these games, just a little for a second before we start talking about them, these two games and these four teams that are left, there is so little difference between these teams. It's four all-world starting quarterbacks and four teams that are on win streaks of a minimum of five games dating back to the regular season. So both of these games Just hang on the edge of a knife, and you don't really know they could fall either way. Let's start in the AFC. AFC Conference Championship game, the number three seeded Pittsburgh Steelers at 11-5 in the regular season, champions of the AFC North, coming off a 30-12 victory at home against Miami, and an 18-16 victory at the Kansas City Chiefs. To get to this point, they're going to travel to Gillette Stadium to take on Tom Brady, Hoodie, and the New England Patriots, 14-2 and in the regular season, champions of the AFC East, coming off of a 34-16 to victory at home over the Houston Texans. On offense, got to give the edge to the New England Patriots, obviously. It's not a gigantic edge, but it is by probably about a field goal in practical terms. These are both top 10 offenses, New England number four, Pittsburgh number seven. These are both top five pass offenses, New England number four again, Pittsburgh tied for number five. These of course being regular season numbers. The The edge, I think, surprisingly, on the ground game goes to the New England Patriots. They were number seven in football this season in terms of rush yards gained. Pittsburgh only number 14. Of course, they did miss Le'Veon Bell. For the first four games of the season in terms of their scoring offense these are two top 10 scoring offenses as well as we've talked about earlier in the videos 27.6 points per game for the new england patriots that has them at number three and the pittsburgh steelers tied for 10th 24.9 you may be wondering why i'm still talking about regular season numbers when we're you know three going to be two weeks into the playoffs now heading into our third week Well, it's because two of these teams have only played one game, so it's really, I don't think, fair to measure a team's offense and defense in terms of only having played one game. When it gets to the Super Bowl, then we'll talk about it, because the two teams that are there will have won at least two games, if not possibly three. So that's why we're still talking regular season numbers, just in case anybody was wondering. On defense, we've talked about New England top 10 overall defense in football, the number three tied for the number three run defense in football. So that's going to be a very interesting matchup. Le'Veon Bell taking on a top three run defense and the number one scoring defense in football only allowing 15.6 points per game. Pittsburgh in the same categories, number 12 overall defense, certainly nothing to shy away from, and number 13 against the run, so in both of those situations, top half of the league. Pittsburgh allowing 20.4 points per game, sorry about the little stumble there, that is the number 10 overall defense, 10 scoring defense, sorry, in football. Where are these two teams comparatively have been susceptible is in their secondaries new england and pittsburgh they will both allow their yardage through the air new england i mean they were top 12 they're still the number 12 secondary in football but compared to their run defense they give up more yardage through the air pittsburgh same deal number 16 overall secondary in football in terms of yardage allowed compared to number 13 against the run again you've always got to look at the situation new england playing the game at home definite advantage for the Patriots six and two in Gillette Stadium this past season outscoring opponents by a mark of 27 to 16. and in the playoffs see we will talk about playoff results situationally in the playoffs New England obviously their only game has come at home that game against Houston outscoring opponents 34 to 16 but we'll talk about that game pittsburgh as we talked about last week five and three on the road did more than their job on the road five and three outscoring opponents by a mark of 22 to 20 and they are 1-0 on the road having gone into kansas city and beaten the chiefs 18 to 16. as i mentioned off the top of the show all four of these teams in the playoffs are riding incredible win streaks right now dating back to the regular season. So let's talk about those win streaks a little bit. We'll do this for both games. New England on an eight game win streak, 8-0 and in their last eight games, outscoring opponents by a mark of 29-13, to which is incredible. Of these four teams, they are allowing the fewest average points per game. And in those eight games, there's just been one game where their opponent has scored 20 points or more. When we talk about impressive win streaks, Pittsburgh's is just as impressive. They're on a nine-game win streak. They are outscoring their opponents by a similar margin, not the same margin, but a similar margin. 26 to 17, that's two possessions. That's comfortable. And the Steelers, of those average 17 points that they have been allowing on defense, In five of those nine games, they've given up that average or fewer. So in more than half of the games during their win streak, they've allowed 17 points or less. As I said again at the top of the episode, very little that is separating these four teams. So you really got to dig deep into the numbers to try to find any kind of edge anywhere. For New England and Pittsburgh, I chose to take a look at how they did versus top 10 offenses because again in each of these teams they are facing a top 10 total offense from this season and remember pittsburgh had the number seven offense in football while missing ben roethlisberger for a period of the season and missing Le'Veon bell for the first four games so how did these teams do against top 10 offenses new england only faced a top 10 offense twice this season Now, they won both of those games, including a 27-16 win at Pittsburgh. That's big. We'll come back to that game in a second. We'll put a pin in that one. The other game was a 23-21 victory at Arizona. So both of their games against top 10 total offenses this season, they won them. Going back to that Pittsburgh-New England game, it's noteworthy that it was in Pittsburgh. So that's a road win, difficult place to win in. It was also, however without ben roethlisberger roethlisberger did not play in that game how about the steelers how did the steelers do against top 10 offenses pittsburgh much more seasoned against top 10 offenses this season than were the new england patriots pittsburgh played a top 10 offense four times this season and they went two and two in those games so they won two of the four that included a 38 to 16 victory at washington so they went to washington more than doubled them up there was that 16 to 27 loss against new england in pittsburgh there was also a 35 to 30 loss against dallas also in pittsburgh but dallas of course was incredible on the road this season and they beat the indianapolis colts in indianapolis 28 to 7 worth noting both of those wins against top 10 offenses came on the road also, of course, probably worth noting that if you take New England's defense, Washington's defense, and Indianapolis's defense and lined them up in a row, it's pretty easy to see which is the best defense. Ladies and gentlemen, the team that will be moving forward to represent the AFC in Super Bowl 51 will be the New England Patriots. I'm going to take the Patriots at home to beat pittsburgh let's just go back for a second to that new england houston game we put a pin in that said we were going to come back to it you look at that score 34 to 16 and you think oh well they doubled him up that's not a competitive game those 34 points that new england scored one of them was a deion lewis special teams touchdown you take that off the board and now all of a sudden it's 27 16 well that's still 11 points you know, they were favored by 16, but whatever, they still beat them by 11 points. Dion Lewis contributed three touchdowns to the New England Patriots in that game. All of a sudden, that's 21 points. If Dion Lewis does not have the game of his career, there's a chance that Houston wins that game. And that might sound ridiculous, but again, Deion Lewis was responsible for 21 points. So it was a rush touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and a special teams touchdown. I think actually he became the first player in playoff history to do all three of those things in a playoff game, or in his first playoff game, or something like that. He He set some kind of record, so congratulations to him for doing that. But if he doesn't have the game of his career, that's a much more competitive game against a really inferior opponent. That is worrisome with a non inferior opponent now coming in to play you just a week later. Pittsburgh's a good opponent. They were a good road team. I think this game is going to be incredibly close and incredibly competitive. I'm taking the Patriots, but with the caveat, and again, the caveat, you can say the caveat's the same for both games, either one of these teams could win. So I like the Patriots to win the game straight up, but the Patriots are favored by five and a half points at home in this game. I I can't. I can't. Even though it's the Patriots and it's the Patriots under a touchdown and my brain is just screaming to me, what are you doing? It's the Patriots under a touchdown. Take it and take it all day long. Not in a game that Pittsburgh can conceivably win. Because not only do they have Ben Roethlisberger back for this game, they are looking to pay one back to New England, who went into their building and beat them. So they're they're looking, they're cruising for payback here. And Pittsburgh has played two games. They're more seasoned in the playoffs than are New England right now. So I like New England to win. It's going to be a tight game. So take Pittsburgh plus five and a half on the line. Total in this game is 50 and a half points. I think it stays under with that Pittsburgh uh defense, that New England defense, again the number 1 scoring defense in football, two top 10 scoring defenses in football. They're good offenses but they're also good defenses in terms of keeping points off the board. I think this game stays under. I'm going to go 24-23 in favor of the Patriots in Gillette Stadium. Maybe they win it with one of those classic Patriots last second field goals. I think it stays under 50 and a half points at 24 to 23 for the new England Patriots, but I like Pittsburgh to cover the five and a half points. New England will be your AFC champions. Let's go to the NFC now where the NFC championship matchup sees the number four Green Bay Packers 10 and six in the regular season champions of the NFC North, coming off of a 38-13 victory at home against the Giants, and a 34-31 victory on a last-second field goal, two 50-yard field goals from Mason Crosby, what an MVP that guy is in the kicking game at the Dallas Cowboys, an incredible win for the Packers. They're going to travel to Atlanta, 11-5 champions of the NFC South, coming off of a very convincing 36-20 36-20 to 20 victory over the Seattle Seahawks. People talk so much about how defense wins championships, maybe offense wins championships because this is another matchup of top 10 offenses this season. Atlanta, of course, we talked about it. Number two, total offense in football. Number three, pass offense in football. Number five, run offense in football. And the number one scoring offense in football, scoring 33.8 points per game. Green Bay, no slouches in a lot of these same areas. Number eight, total offense in football. Number seven, pass offense in football. The run game was not good for Green Bay this season. They were only the number 20 run offense in football. That run offense has gotten a little bit better in the playoffs. Ty Montgomery finding the end zone a couple of times so far this postseason. Averaging 27 points per game, the number four scoring offense in football. When you look at the defensive side, holy cow, aside from Green Bay's run defense, the numbers are ugly. Atlanta, number 25 total defense in football. Green Bay, number 22 total defense in football. Atlanta, number 28 secondary in football. Green Bay, second worst secondary in the entire league on the season. Now we get to the run defenses, which I talked about is the real advantage statistically for the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay, top 10 run defense in the regular season at number eight. Atlanta only at number 17. It's almost middle of the pack. It's right in that sort of gray area from middle of the pack. Green Bay gave up fewer points on average this season than did the Atlanta Falcons. Green Bay giving up 24.3. Atlanta giving up 25.4. Those ranked number 21 and number 27, respectively, in football. Again, we look at the situation, and we talked about it last week. Atlanta, record-wise, had the weakest home team record of any of the teams remaining last week. They were only 5-3 at home this season, but they outscored their opponents by a touchdown, 35-28. And in their one home game so far these playoffs, obviously last week, they won 36-20. to 20. That's two full converted touchdowns. That is a comfortable victory against a quality opponent. And Green Bay, we talked about how they were just a little bit below average on the road this season. They did their job in terms of wins and losses. They went 4-4. Four and four. That's what you got to do. But they were outscored in those games 26-28. to 28. In the playoffs, however, they hit the road last week, they went into Dallas, into Jerry World, difficult place to win, and they beat the Cowboys by a field goal, 34-31. to 31. Again, we talked about it off the top of the episode, all four of these teams on incredible win streaks right now. Atlanta's is the lowest win streak of the four, they are the team that has tasted defeat most recently. Atlanta's still on a five-game win streak. I'm not trying to take anything away from them, Hatbox, before you unsubscribe to my channel. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. They're on a five-game win streak. They're 5-0 in their last five games, and they've doubled up their opponents in terms of the scoring. 38-19 to 19 in those five games. un freaking believable It's really incredible. And in those five games, their lowest point output has been 33. That's the lowest amount of points that they've scored in those five games. I look at Green Bay and I look at a team that's been playing playoff football for two months easily, because again, this is a team that was sub-500 and was like, you guys are going to miss the playoffs, and Rodgers is like, now we're going to run the table, so that's just what they went out and did. So this is a team that's been playing playoff football for a long time, certainly more battle tested in terms of playing playoff football than are the Atlanta Falcons, although Atlanta did definitely have a dogfight to win their division as well. Green Bay on an eight-game win streak right now, eight and O, outscoring opponents thirty-two to twenty in those eight games. It is worth noting Green Bay has scored thirty points or more in six consecutive games of that eight-game win streak. So what did I look for? What I really went digging. I went digging into the deep cuts statistics and trends trying to find something that gives one team a distinct edge over the other we can talk about the run defense but you know what Atlanta's got that two-headed monster at running back so Green Bay statistically they got a number eight run defense but you got two really high caliber running backs on the other side honestly a 1A and 1B situation either one of them could start on another team and you got to think like a division rival is got to be looking at that like, ooh, man, I would love one of those running backs. Anyways, you're really looking deep into the statistics here to try to find an edge. I want to take a look at the offensive lines versus the pass rush. And the offensive line is an area where the Atlanta Falcons really struggled this season. Atlanta's offensive line was number 22 in the NFL in terms of sacks allowed and number 27 in terms of QB hits allowed. That's a lot of traffic to Matt Ryan. That's Matt Ryan getting hit an awful lot and getting sacked more than you want to see. You take a look at the other side, the Packers, number 16 in sacks allowed, so they were right there in the middle of the league, They were now also number 22 in QB hits allowed. You can probably attribute a lot of that to the way Aaron Rodgers will just roll out of the pocket on every pass play. So he's going to get hit a lot. So you know what? It's not great numbers either way, but in terms of the offensive line, that was a real Achilles heel for the Atlanta Falcons this season and it's a problem against a team like green bay who had a top 10 pass rush this season green bay 40.0 sacks on the season that was good for number six in football this is a team that can get to the quarterback and against a questionable offensive line that's a problem atlanta had 34.0 sacks this season that has them ranked dead in the middle of the pack number 16 in football Both of these teams can get to the quarterback. How I think the game might be decided is which offensive line can stop that from happening. Ladies and gentlemen, your champions of the NFC going on to Super Bowl 51 will be the Green Bay Packers. Somewhere from a distance, I hear Hatbox hitting the unsubscribe button. Hatbox, I'm sorry. This is a personal apology to you. Because I don't think there's any bigger Atlanta Falcons fan in the world <laughs> than than Hatbox. Subscribe to his channel, by the way. But there's just—I'm sorry, I'm—I'm I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I really am. There's something about this Packers team, and it's one of those—it's just one of those situations where you have a team that saw that it was either going to crash and burn or it was going to grab itself by the collar and make it happen. And that's what the Green Bay Packers did. They've been doing it for two months now. There there are very few people, I believe, that thought they were going to go into Dallas and beat the Cowboys. They did that. Sure, it's a rookie quarterback. Sure, it's a rookie running back. But Ezekiel Elliott ran on them very well. And Dak Prescott did not make huge errors. It was just Green Bay as an offense, especially, willing themselves to win that game. And the will to win is something that you can't accurately measure. It's just there. And it's just something that you sense. And that's something that I sense out of the Green Bay Packers. That's why I like Green Bay to win. I think Green Bay is gonna get to Matt Ryan. Look. They've averaged over two sacks per game, right? 16 games, 40 sacks. Is it completely out of the question to think that they get to him three times against a bad offensive? Not a bad offensive line, but an offensive line that struggled? Is it unreasonable to think that they get to him four times? If they get into that three or four sack area, especially if those sacks come at critical times... That's that's three and outs. That's what three and outs are made of. Or that's what turns touchdowns into field goals. Like that's it's those kinds of things. And then you put the ball back in Aaron Rodgers's hand against, I gotta be perfectly honest, a bad defense. And Aaron Rodgers against a bad defense. You saw just last week what Aaron Rodgers does against a bad secondary. The Dallas Cowboys have a bad secondary, and Aaron Rodgers ate them alive. Atlanta has a bad secondary. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to eat them alive. Don't get me wrong. I think Matt Ryan's going to eat Green Bay alive too. This is going to be a high-scoring game. This is going to be fun as hell to watch. I don't know. It's a gut. It's a gut. It's a gut feeling. I'm going to fully admit that to anybody listening. It's a gut feeling. I like the Packers. I'm going to take Green Bay in Atlanta to beat Atlanta. On the line, Atlanta's favored by five points. Obviously, I'm going to tell you to go Green Bay plus five since I like the Packers to win the game outright. Either way, I think five points is too many. In both of these games, I think the spread is too many because I think the games are going to be competitive and fun and close. Total in this game is a whopping 61 points, but take the over. It's two secondaries that can't really stop the pass all that well. So take the over 61. I like this game 35 to 33 in favor of the Green Bay Packers. So I like a Super Bowl 51 matchup of the New England Patriots in the AFC taking on the Green Bay Packers from the NFC. Can't really give you a four pick parlay for this week because there's only two games. What I will tell you is if your sports book or your government run sports book runs the way that mine does and will let you make either individual bets or like it'll let you make a, a minimum of two, if it only lets you make two, there is a two bet parlay that I have here for you that I do think is going to work out. This parlay, I like Pittsburgh plus five and a half. And I like over 61 in Green Bay, Atlanta. A $25 bet is going to win you 85 bucks. Who doesn't like better than tripling their money? If you want to do a little bit more, you're probably going to have to get into some prop bets. But I do have a couple for you that I do like if you have the ability to bet them. Green Bay, Atlanta, if it's going to let you, if your book or your government sports book is going to let you bet on total number of sacks, I like anything over Four and a half, three and a half. If you get somewhere around that number, I like the over. Because again, I like Green Bay to get to Matt Ryan a minimum of two times. Probably three and possibly four. So then if Atlanta gets one or two on Rodgers, this number is going to go over. So if you can get a number somewhere around like four and a half sacks maybe even five and a half because most of these books don't like to give you even numbers on prop bets as a matter of fact i don't think they do it at all because i don't want the prop bets to push so if you get like four and a half sacks something like that take the over on it because i think there's going to be a lot of qbs getting hit in that game and if you want to grab one in pittsburgh new england if you're able to grab total touchdowns there's probably going to be a relatively high number here because it's two good offenses But if you can get anything five and a half or above, take the under. So I love Pittsburgh, New England under five and a half touchdowns. I think this game's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be close. You're going to see a lot of the run game where I think it stays under the 50 and a half points, 24, 23, somewhere around five touchdowns. So if you got five and a half or more on a prop bet for total touchdowns in Pittsburgh, New England, take the under. Nothing from SoundCloud this week so we're going to go back to YouTube for the comment of the week from the division round video and actually you know what I'm feeling generous let's do two because the comments are rather similar. So the comments comments of the week go to Epic 49ers fan as well as Patriot dope. Those two guys get the comment of the week this week. Epic 49ers fan said great picks man thought you were wrong with the Packers. Well played sir. Well played. My response to that being, many thanks. I knew that was going to be a game, if nothing else, of a lot of great quarterback play from both sides. Just stuck with my gut about A-Rod, though it turns out my gut worked out. Patriot Dope said, congratulations, Mr. Bridgewater. Good picks this week. You aced all four games on the spread. Nice job. And I just said, it was a pretty awesome week. These playoffs have been incredible for me, but the worst thing I could do is take a break because there's still 3 games to go. So congratulations to Epic 49ers fan as well as Patriot dope. You to share the comment of the week from the division round video. All right folks, that is going to do it for the AFC and NFC Conference Championship episode of my weekly NFL picks show. Let's go over the picks one more time. AFC Championship game New England Pittsburgh. I like New England to win the game straight up. But I like the game to stay close, 24 to 23 for the Patriots. So I like Pittsburgh plus five and a half on the line and under the 50 and a half point total. And the NFC Championship game, I like the Green Bay Packers to upset the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Green Bay goes on to Super Bowl 51, 35 to 33 so i like green bay plus five on the line and over 61 points that's it for me justin bridgewater's finest on youtube blockbuster underscore guy on twitter thank you very much for listening the conference championship episode is in the books i hope you enjoyed it we will see you again sometime in the next two weeks where we talk about super bowl 51 see you then